This is a Cosmic Octave original podcast. Me and Jake running down the street with a handful of comic books kicking ass and yeah. banging chicks and drinking beer. No, not and me. Smoking I'm not weed. me. I'm married. Oh, yeah, well, I'm married. Jake. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. I'll pay off shopping with Jake and Tyler. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 111. Can you believe it? 111. I'm sneezing. Chew. <coughs> Chew. Oh, come on. Chew. <coughs> That's Tyler. I'm Jake. Huh? Huh? And believe it, after, Chew. believe it or not, after 111 episodes, it still sounds like shit. I, I don't know how we do it every week. You know we what? Um, well, what happened was is our uh, parent our parent company, they were like, we would like to send you guys to um, um, talk show boot camp. And basically what it is kind of shows you how to produce stuff, how to you know make segments, all this other stuff. And then it also shows you how not to be a complete jackass when you're doing your podcast. And we were like, no, thanks. We're busy. Keep it to yourself. Why don't you? Why don't you take that podcaster camp and stick it where the sun don't shine? Wow, he did say that, Mister 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 Podcast Corporation. What's the name of our guy? <laughs> Barry? Uh, no, Barry uh, Denunzio. So we got some. We got a couple <laughs> news topics to talk about. But uh, you and I had this conversation earlier, and we're recording late in the week. Yep. Uh, my fault. Because Tyler's a piece of shit. Yep. <laughs> Got to go to my recovery meetings. Mm. Wow. Oh, see, look at that, folks. He turned it back on me. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, so we had to record a little bit later in the week, but I've also kind of gone through. The show's gone through some changes, and um, in those changes, sorry if I sound a little stuffed up. Got some allergies going on. Well, we've moved on from weed to coke. So yeah, messes with your nostrils. It happens. Uh, but you anyway. know how you know that's not true because we're talking. Like normal, and if we were, we were coked up, we'd be like, "Hey, man, what are you talking you about? Know ah! You know what else? You know what else? You could you could hear some ASMR teeth grinding. Ooh, that's what they want to hear. Yucky. Uh, but what we mean by changes are we're well. Clearly, the strikes have been going on for a while, so we've had to divert some of our content and change some of our. Our content. funds have to go to take care of you know um, Tony Danza's mortgage. Tony Danza, hold me closer, Tony, Tony Danza. Um, <laughs> I love how we just break out the song of the show, but uh, we're still gonna have some news topics. But most of it, we've we've noticed that um, we're having more fun doing uh, whether it's me and Luke doing Drawn to DC, or you and I doing like the Robocopalooza or something. Mm. We're enjoying doing animation. We're enjoying doing more retro stuff. So that's uh, that's what we're gonna keep doing, and uh, we're still gonna have topical things. But I just had this horrible thought that that thing I got you is making you sick. It is. Got me this nice jersey. It's messing. It's just. It's my basement, man. I'm telling you. But anyway. Anyway. Uh, so let's get into the news. That's our news sounder. That's pretty good. Sound time for news from the desk of Jake William. We're in the traffic copter right now, and it's crazy on the 405. Oh man, just committed. Why did that joke go so dark? So, got some news about Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. They are in the news lately because mm. um, there's they're a, rotten. <laughs> they are. Because uh, there's been a report um, that a PR firm was paying off critics to give positive reviews to bump up their tomato meter. 
average. Because uh, if you get below 60% on the site, you're considered rotten. Which, okay, you and I have talked about Rotten Tomatoes. I've used, when I was younger, I did use it as a resource. But yeah. as I've gotten older, the, the more I've realized, why do I care what, look, I'm not saying a critic's job is, isn't important. Because I think that it's good to have voices that say, hey, look. This is crap. Why are you putting this out? Because you're putting money into this. You're going to see these movies in theaters or, you know, if it's video games that you're into, you're you're going to spend $70 on a game you want to be in for. Like, I'm not saying critics aren't important. Right. But I'm saying things like Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes, I don't think – they're not as useful as they sound. Well, you know, you know how I knew right away, um, the moment I knew that – Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic and all those other whatevers. Aggregative sites. Yeah. Sure, yeah. The moment I knew that that was over was when they started showing up on movie trailers. Yeah. Certified fresh. Yeah. You know what, dude? I'm over it now. Like when uh, Black Adam used the uh, fan score versus because it was so much higher fan score. It was like 96% fan score, but like 40%. <laughs> it was like a 12% whatever. critic score because it sucked. But- yeah, so, yeah, when they started doing that, then it's like, okay. And it's truthfully, there are good critics out there, and again, I do think critics are important to some degree. But I also think there's a lot to be said about just going and experiencing something for yourself. Be informed. Take, like, a lot of the times, they're going to be spoiler-free. So Generally, like, most most reviews are going to be spoiler-free. If you're free. watching on YouTube, a lot of them are clearly, like, you can look at the time and you'll see the title, spoiler-free, you know, whatever. And uh, I just think that, that that value of a critic has changed a little bit over time because everything does. Because now we have, everybody, ourselves included, every dipshit thinks they can have a podcast just like us, everybody thinks... Yeah, we've been doing it for six years or so. It's because we've given the... Just like everything on the internet, we've been given the power to have a voice. Which I is, can put my music out no, without much There's There's positives and, and negatives. Like, yeah. And I, I make the joke about podcasts, but I, I am so glad that there is a medium like podcasting where you know once a week... I just wish people who were already famous stopped it. <laughs> Seriously. Or the people that have been on a show doing these recap podcasts, you know, like uh, the Office Ladies podcast or the uh, uh, Real Friends, Fake Doctors, Scrubs podcast. Thanks, celebrities. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Here's one thing. I I don't mind those so much because um, some of those actors are not Steve Carell. So they might need some income still. By the way, I'm, I don't fucking care. I, I don't either. I let them have a podcast. Who yeah, yeah. Cares? Look, I don't care if, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, fuck, the one guy. Shit. Uh, Alec Baldwin. He had another podcast, like, recently about something. Oh, but the, the limited series. Person, about the, the Rust movie or whatever? No, it was something else. It was something complete. It was about an Amer- a real American whatever. But it was like, what are you doing? What are you, You've already mastered it. Stop it. <laughs> Get, let somebody else have a fucking try, man. Wow. You know, we don't all sound buttery smooth and, you know, like... Nobody can deliver the sweaty balls like you, okay? What a, what a, what a handsome man. Alec? Really? I, I, you know... Did even, you see him in the 80s? Beetlejuice? Damn, right. dude. Beetlejuice? He's a smoke show. No, Malice? I've not the seen The movie him. he was in? You, you, you say I'm playing God? 
I am God. So anyway, uh, dude, that movie. So he's fucked up. What's come out is not okay. I want to be very clear about this story. I think some people are going to look at it as all the critics on Rotten Tomatoes already are, knew that. are paid off. Or, or already knew yeah, that. Yeah, right. This or. is talking about one particular PR firm that did this. Okay. So this PR firm is Bunker 15. So Bunker 15, uh, there was this movie coming out uh, back in 2018. It was, oh God. This is, oh, by the way, this is all from a Vulture article. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look this up because I think it's. Um, I, I want to get the name of the movie right. I have not seen it. Ophelia. Okay, the movie's name is Ophelia. I remember that. Came out there. in October of 2018. Right. Uh, around that time. Uh, didn't get the best review. So it was just below the 60% threshold that was considered rotten by the critics that had seen it. So Bunker 15, the PR firm behind this movie, says, we're going to do something here. So they took a uh, bottom-up approach because most companies, they'll try and get big name critics to see this movie in, in hopes that it will be. It's the same with video games, with like IGN and games, but you know, sure, uh, you know, yeah. Certain movie critics on YouTube, you know, they want to get their name out there and hope that they will they'll be successful. But Bunker Fifteen took the opposite approach, mm-hmm. as as the Vulture article says. It's a more bottom. Uh, we'll have a link to this article too. It's a more bottom-up approach, recruiting obscure, often self-published critics who are nevertheless part of the pool tracked by Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Another break from standard practice. Several critics say Bunker Fifteen paid them fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. That's it. Or more for each review. <laughs> These payments are not typically disclosed, and Rotten Tomatoes says it prohibits reviewing based on a financial incentive. Uh, yeah. Incentive. Yeah. Also, I want to point out mm. there are times when there's like sponsored content, but I like anytime I've seen any sort of sponsored content, it's only been video games, but like streaming, and they're with the developers and they they're asking them questions and they're playing the game. Mm. Uh, movies, I don't know if there's something equivalent to that. I, but I don't think that is the real practice with movies where, like, you're not going to have a review for Get Out sponsored by Get Out. or no. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're not going to have something like that. And I don't know. Of all the movies, I don't know how I pulled that one out. But <laughs> all right. So between October 2018 and January 2019, Rotten Tomatoes added eight reviews to Ophelia's score. Seven more uh, were favorable, and most came from critics who have reviewed at least one other Bunker 15 movie. The writer of a negative review says that Bunker 15 lobbied them to change it. If the critic wanted to give it a barely overall positive, then I do know the editors at Rotten Tomatoes, and it could get switched, a Bunker 15 employee wrote. So they also s- discovered another negative review of Ophelia mm. from this period that was not counted by Rotten Tomatoes by mm. a writer whose positive reviews of other Bunker 15 films have been recorded by the aggregator. Ophelia climbed the tomato meter to 62%, flipping from uh, rotten to fresh. The next month, the distributor, IFC Films, announced that it had acquired Ophelia for release in the United States. So, so Yeah. Right there is a great example of how the aggregator is weird and the math doesn't always add up. So can I just ask a question? How is this any fucking different than any artist or writer or movie maker or act, what, TikToker? How is this any different than anybody gets famous these days? Hey, we're gonna fucking jog. We're gonna jog the fucking algorithm. We're gonna yeah. bot farm and do all this other shit and we're pay people astro- off. We're gonna ask so that this. my fucking yeah. movie gets picked up by a major distributor. You know what? Good for you, makers of Ophelia. 
They Seriously. hustled. They hustled it, dude. That's no different than what. What do you, what am I doing? What are we doing? Right? right? Yeah. But it's, it's just somebody it's just nuts. I'm I, I'm having my album in, in uh, a week week and a half coming out, and it's going to get reviewed by this Twitter um, this Twitter reviewer named uh, it's it's uh, at Girl at the Rock Shows, and she's made her name by just you know she uh, goes to a lot of shows and and just talks about a lot of like indie bands and stuff. It's really cool for indie bands. And she's got a decent following, and I, I reached out, and, hey, could you review my album? And she's like, yeah, 50 bucks. And I didn't say, hey, I want a good one. Yeah, it's just- But it's I'm just paying the, her to, for yeah. her work, which is fair. Yeah. And so I gave her the 50 bucks, and she's going to review my album. Now, how is that different? The only difference is that but I you, didn't but stress- But are for a positive right, review. That's, yeah, the, that's difference. the only difference. Because it's, it's an ethical problem. Sure, is it though? You shouldn't be able to buy good. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. But for fifty bucks and to get from just under sixty to sixty-two percent, I don't think it's that big of a fucking deal. Well, it's also if it's indicative of a larger problem. Yes, journalistic integrity. Yes, if if it's indicative of a larger problem that this is the tip of the iceberg type of thing, then we got issues. But if this is one lone thing that happened, I think Rotten Tomatoes needs to do a better job of 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 fixing their shit and. Um, God damn it! Professional reviewers wouldn't do this, right? Right, but Rotten Tomatoes needs to figure this. out how to make sure that doesn't happen again, and yeah. then move on. But if it's again, you know, does more investigations need to be done? I don't know, but I, I really hope. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 a problem for integrity, but I do, on some level, understand manipulating the algorithm, but it. The, it is an ethical thing, again, and it's really upsetting that it only took fifty bucks. Right, and and, and again, the but the, again, that the big di- difference. I didn't say, "Hey, I want a good review." Just want I a said, review. "I want you to review it and tell me what you think." You know what and I mean? Get you some notoriety. Yeah, good or she's bad. She's gonna post it on her on her thing, so I'll get a bunch of views from that. And she she's gonna put where to buy the album on her website and on her blog. You know, yeah. it's it. I'm not just. Fifty bucks is actually pretty reasonable for what she's doing. Well, for that's me. what I mean. Sponsor. I, I feel like there is an issue, though. And if you're listening, Langan, what's up? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 just a dicey thing, and yeah. I think I wanted to talk about it because I just think we're at a point now, and this has always been there. But mm-hmm. that is, I think it's frustrating because I think a lot of critics, all, almost every single professional critic would not do something like this and rightfully has been talking about how it upsets them because it is a serious job well, for it them. makes it's, critics it's, look bad yeah it's yeah this is your their their profession they're going after and so i understand the frustration and it just this is the problem you run into and up oh, jake's being a socialist this is the problem that you run into with capitalism mm-hmm. because these critics need to make money yeah these people need to make money they got to pay their employees and the to think that you don't make money because of a fucking algorithm, you're not gonna make your money. Like great example, bring it back to video games because always gotta bring it back to that. <laughs> uh, Fallout. I love the Fallout franchise. I've talked about it multiple times on the show. So Fallout New Vegas was developed by the create. So the original creators they worked for a parent company that got bought by Bethesda. Yep. Bethesda brought the. They did Fallout Three. They brought them in. The original creators of the first of the series mm-hmm. brought them in to do a side game Fallout New Vegas yeah. 
They didn't get bonuses, which, by the way, across the board, a lot of people liked. It was buggy. It had issues, but that's because they rushed it. It didn't give them time to make the game that they wanted to make. And, and I'll again, 13 years later, I was playing it, and I still fell in love with it. Like, the writing's great. It's just the yeah. game is ugly, and the, the, <laughs> the engine doesn't run very well. Yeah. That got an 84% on Metacritic. They didn't get bonuses because it was in their contract they had to get an 85%. This this is why I have problems with well, Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. Me too. Because it's ridiculous to not give somebody money for their hard work. And I would also uh, argue... Because of one percentage. You guys should have had lawyers read those contracts before you fucking sign them. Any lawyer worth their salt would have been know. like, don't sign this. I don't know. Get that taken out or don't sign it. But I don't know the situation. For, for all I for all I know, I mean they might not have had a choice. If you want to be on this on this game that we bought from you, I don't, which is ours now, if you want to work on your own game, I don't know if the you have to sign this. I don't know if the Metacritic thing is actually a clause. But that is the justification Bethesda had because I think Bethesda Well fuck Bethesda. Bethesda Obsidian, uh, which funny enough, Obsidian... It's a capitalist corporation that's preying on the weak. Obsidian, Fuck them. Obsidian was the studio that worked on New Vegas. Okay. They, were an, they were an independent studio at the time, a small independent studio. So just like movies, video games have developers and publishers. Movies have the producers, directors... And then distributors. distributors. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. So Bethesda gave them, you know... This deadline, which was like 18 months or something, which is nuts. But they're like making it. They already had the engine. They already had a lot of the assets. They could change it and make it a different set. All this other shit. Sure. Whatever. But to say that, oh, we're not going to give you. Since they worked together on this game, Obsidian doesn't own Fallout. Bethesda does. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think there was a situation where like, we own this IP, not you. And we've decided we're not going to pay you more because we don't want to. Or, or, yeah, or like Had I... Had you have gotten a 90%, maybe we could have considered giving you that money, but we don't want to give you that. To be but really honest, the amount like, of money they made from it, again, fuck you for not giving bonuses. I don't know if it bonuses. was a clause, sure. but it was a benchmark that they had to hit was 85%. But fuck again, that corporation you, for being dicks you, to their workers. Also, what does that say about that team? Because it kind of seems... You, you're trying to play both sides of it. On one hand, you're trying to say, like, we believe in you. We think you can, in this deadline, you can make a game that's 85%. But we least. also... In, but at the same time, you're hedging your bets that they don't, so you don't have to pay them. You know what it's exactly like? Hey, Domino's, we're uh, kind of failing here in the 80s. What if we introduce this 30 minutes or it's free rule? Hey, our pizza still sucks, but if you get it in 30 minutes, it's a free shitty pizza. And Yeah. It's 30 minutes, so it's going to be a sloppy, shitty pizza. If you don't get it in 30 minutes. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. It was them going, how do we incentivize this? So, and then they yanked it out from under them like a bunch of dicks. Yeah. Fuck you, Bethesda. So that's kind of my thing. Like, Eat shit. Sorry. So that's kind of my thing. Also, Maryland. Whatever. Because they're in Bethesda, Maryland. Whatever. That's Yeah, that's where they're based. Oh, hey, whatever. No, not according. Oh, I'm East Coast. A, oh. No, not according to fucking Heel versus Babyface. They're from California. They're from California. Oh, yeah, please play that bullshit. You're boring. Boring. Fucking pronouns. Are we just doing it all ourselves? Boring. Are you happy now? Does that make yeah, you feel I'm better? Yeah, fucking happy. And then some other dude is beating your ass from behind. 
Where's, where's the Reapers? Let's do a fucking Tyler Greatest Hits. Let's do a Tyler Greatest Hits. Where's the Reapers? No. Yeah. We're getting our asses to Mars. Fucking pronouns! Oh, sorry, wrong one. <laughs> wow, these fucking Reapers, man. Nobody listens to this show but us. You know that, right? Yeah. Because I think we're... Crack cocaine. I'd I have smoked it. Regular <laughs> listeners of the show know I love right, me some crack on. cocaine. Moving on. <laughs> You know what he said for the crack? I'll eat your ass. You know how you know if somebody's smoking crack? When they keep buying lighters at your store. Why do you have to have so many lighters? Let's move on. And steel wool. Why do you have to have steel wool? Stop it. Okay. You're being weird. You're talking about your crack days. All right. But you're curious about the steel wool now, aren't you? (laughs) You're like, is that a thing? Like, it absolutely is? It absolutely is. Get your ass to Moss. I already played it once, and we didn't get... Don't make me play it again. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Fuck you, Bethesda. Anyway. Yeah, you know why? Because... Fucking pronouns! No, I'm just kidding. Who gives a shit about pronouns? Um, (laughs) Moving on. If our friends do, but... You know what? No, that attitude. Right. We already already made that video. Right. Yeah, Uh, somebody... this one's um, coming from the rumor mill. Woo! Uh... There's rumors floating about. Wait, let's start up the uh, rumor mill. <laughs> rumor mill. It's <laughs> all like bees here. Mill. Nice. Um. <laughs> so there's some rumors floating about uh, the MCU. There's some rumors. Hold on. That rumor Willis sit, is going to be in there? You're, if you're listening to this, you want to sit, sit down, you want to hold on to your butts. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. rumored yeah. that Marvel might be looking to work with Sam Raimi again to do Secret Wars. Wow. Wouldn't that be wild? That'd be fucking cool. The guy that was one of the stewards of modern comic book movies with the first Spider-Man. Wouldn't that be nuts to get him to come back to do Secret Wars? But apparently it's going to be a two-parter again. Well, it's going to be Kang Dynasty and then oh, Secret Wars. Right, right, right. So Kang Dynasty is directed by um, uh, Shang Chi's director, right? D- Dast- Dustin Daniel Daniel Dustin Daniel Destin Cretton. Good job, because I did not remember that. So. No, but I got to look it up anyway. So no, don't right. do it. No, you're okay. I can talk. I got no. Nothing. I got my laptop pulled up. I'll just pull. It, I'll just do it right here. I'll just type in Shang Chi, dude. Focus. I'm focused. Focus on the game. Uh, anyway, interesting to say the least. Here, here's why I think it's an interesting, because Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness made almost a billion dollars. Yeah, but it was very contentious. I think there's people like me and you that really I love Raimi's style. I love how he, you know, I just I've always loved Raimi movies. He's right. one of my favorite directors. So obviously I enjoyed that movie. I did too. Not a perfect movie, and people that have criticism of it, I understand it. But it would be interesting for Marvel to, given their track record in in, in Phase Four and some of Phase Five, uh, that they would try and do something like this. Because Raimi, some people, it's hard to say because some people just don't vibe with his style. Some people think his style is too cheesy. 
And I think that argument could be made, especially if you watch those Spider-Man movies. But that's what they were. They were trying to be the golden era, the golden age. To, to be they honest, they were the Stan Lee, Jack Kirby Spider-Man. To comics. be honest, if you have problems with Sam, if you have problems with Sam Raimi movies, you're not having fun at the movies, and I don't want you watching movies, movies anymore. Anyway. They're fun, dude. Why would you not want to have fun at the movies? Yeah. And I, I mean, you know, Tim Burton and Sam Raimi are are very much cut from the same cloth in that. They love cinema. They grew up watching yeah. movies. They loved doing like gorilla shit. Spielberg did gorilla yeah. shit when he was growing. I mean, you know, these are guys who love movies. George and it's Lucas. Fun, yeah. It's fun to watch guys who love movies make movies. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino, one of the best filmmakers of all. Why? Because he loves movies. And you can tell. He he's making he's making love to that cellulite. Again, say what you want. Gross. Whoa. Say what you want about again. You're right. That that's the thing that I think is appealing to me about Raimi style is it's just it's in it, it is in its purest form, just fun. Yeah. And I get to do this. Look what I did. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. And those those Spider-Man movies, except for the third one, because even he said he didn't like making that movie. Those still not terrible, but yeah, not great. No. Yeah, I mean, it still has its charm. Some of it. Um, those first two movies are fucking insane how great they still hold up. Yes, some of it is still looks 2002 and 2004, but, like, there's why they work. And I've had this whole conversation, and this is why I think it would be interesting to see Raimi do something like this. Because he's never, he would have never, he's never done a movie this big on a budget like this. Because mm-hmm. he's, a, you know, Evil Dead he's, movies yeah. were low stakes, and then he finally got his break big movie with Spider-Man. But anyway... Those two Spider-Man movies are pretty simple movies, and mm-hmm. they're friendly neighborhood, because they didn't have an MCU and all this other shit when he no. made those movies, so they were pretty contained. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's ground level. And my criticisms of the Holland Spider-Man, while I enjoyed those movies, I think it, it, it relies too much on Iron Man and too many other things. Yes. And it's too big. He's in space. Like, Spider-Man shouldn't be in space. Again, I understand what they're going for because he's been in the Avengers books before. Sure. But he said in those Avengers books, "I don't belong here." He's he is he is your friendly. He's Queens. Yes, he's New York. Yes, that's what he does. I, I, and that's what those first couple Raimi movies nail. Now, my question to you, Tyler, is how do you think Raimi is capable of juggling multiple storylines and multiple characters? Because he's been. Even with multiverse, is he capable of doing multiverse of madness? He only went to two different universes. Is he capable of doing uh, what the Johnstons did, basically, and you know, make you know a, a movie like Endgame where it's multiple characters, multiple storylines? Did I say? I'm thinking of Joe Johnston. He, he did, did the uh, first Captain America. Yes. Okay. But yeah, the Russos. The Russos. I'm so sorry, God. <laughs> But he, uh, is he capable of that? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, this would be his biggest movie ever. I, 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 I just my thing about Raimi is he's got he's got to have good people around him, and he's been doing it long enough that he knows kind of what to. He knows how to go into a movie no matter what the budget is, and he knows how to set the budget and and do what he needs to do, and all that other like crazy shit that he might not know how to do. He's gonna hire somebody to help him figure that out because he's got the budget to do it. And honestly, like Raimi's imagination, I would give him all the budget. See, but just to see what he could do with it. Here's the thing: I think that Raimi did so well with those Spider-Man movies 
because he was making the 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 books that he remembered, and he was sure. doing the movie. He he was doing his spin. Are you books. asking me if they gave him like if they if, see, if the I MCU don't... went to him and said like they did to the Russos, this is what we need to have happen? Yeah. Do you think he could pull it off? I don't think he. But here's the thing: what I was what I was leading towards is, I don't think he's interested in that. I think Raimi is much. You're wondering if he, he would is, take. I it. don't think he would, because he is much I, more I character driven. I agree. He's all. He's every movie he's made. The, the same theme is always at its core. They've been like more. They've been like morality plays, and they've been focused on one character where he like finds creative ways to torture that character. I absolutely agree. Spider Man included, because yep. Spider Man is always fucking miserable in those movies, and he is in the comics because that's how you uh, keep his storyline going. I agree with they, you. They're like, ooh, because if you marry Spider Man, the I forgot the main part where he, um, where you didn't say that he had that you that that's just a rumor that he that right. they would be approaching him. And so when you when you actually put it to me like that, no, I don't think he would either. Too many moving parts. And you got, look, I think. If I don't see the Hulk holding up a mountain at some point during this I mean, movie, I'm going to be pissed. Look, Endgame, Endgame was smashing action figures together and I loved it. That's what you got to do with Secret Wars. But I'm also thinking that that's not a movie that Raimi wants to make. And again, like I said with Multiverse of Madness, he only really goes to like two or three different universes. Like he doesn't really do much with that. And I think that was part of a Raimi decision. I don't know how much... Because Raimi said when COVID happened, they were doing a bunch of rewrites and they had to change everything because WandaVision was now before this movie because right. this movie was supposed to happen before WandaVision. Yes. All this other shit was going on. And they were trying to rewrite all this stuff. You know what we should do for an episode coming up? We should do. We should go and look at what it was before COVID and like imagine... A, deep, a COVID deep dive. No, let's let's try and MCU. imagine how, it, how the MCU would be different right now and better. If COVID never happened, I'll bet you it would be better. Right now, they're floundering. I'll say it at this point. I don't think it would have mattered. Really? Be, quite honestly. It, it, I would That's love to, a fair point. I'm not trying to shoot down the topic. No, no. We should do it. Yeah. And I would love to war Wouldn't game. it be fun to be like, okay, so yeah, this happens before that. To, it's fun to play. What if? What if? With Marvel. Also, what if? Not <sighs> as great as I what thought. If, if, what if? What if? Is what we're going to do. What if? What if? Uh, what if? No, what but if, I think that's, that's a fun thought experiment, but. I don't think it would have mattered because I, I don't. That's a fair. Yeah. It's not that I don't have faith in future no, Marvel projects. No. I just Endgame was such a good close. Almost yeah, just such leave a it perfect at that. end and of a start chapter. Over. Start you, over. You know what you could have done? You could have given it, and I know that's not how the world works. It's a capitalist society. Blah 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 yeah, blah blah. More money. Whatever. More money. Sequels. You know what would have worked? Giving it like five or six years. And then going back to it and then bringing it back. And if or you, just rebooting it. But what I'm trying to get at, too, is like peop, it's not like people don't forget these things. It's what the problem is, is when you when you lob all these things at people constantly. Like I was I was talking to there's this, not enough to say how many people have dropped out and stopped watching the MCU. And, and I don't think superhero fatigue like we've talked about. I don't think that's real. I think people are selective. And I think that a lot of people are like, I try myself, to watch everything, but like I can't included. I've been. I am trying to, be like, make myself watch Ahsoka because you're like, no, you should really give it a try. You know, try it out. I really am enjoying. And I've been it. meaning to, but I get to a point. It's like, what's the fucking point? When we have six or seven shows, so again, I, would I bring back to you, Raimi doesn't want to do something. Sure, like that. but can I touch on something real quick? The one thing that the MCU has, or that the Star Wars uh, universe has done. 
better than the MCU is it's generally one show going on. Now they during wasn't it Mandalorian and Boba Fett were going on at the same time for a while. Book of Boba Fett and something Mandal- else. It was uh, Book of Boba Fett. And no, Andor? it was Obi Wan and Miss Marvel. No, I'm uh, as far as I know, most Star Wars Hawkeye series have been like, by themselves. And Hawkeye ended like right before Boba Fett. So. But Mar- the MCU has been throwing shit at us, dude. Sorry, I know what you mean. Yeah, the the, the Star Wars stuff has been pretty spread out. But right, like you have a series, it yeah. ends, and then a new one starts. Like I, I'm pretty sure that at some point we've had two, at least two series. Mandalorian was last March, going at the same time. By the way. Mandalorian in was the like, MCU, like Loki and I don't know. Mandalorian was like early twenty, like early this year. I do know, but that's what yeah. I mean. There's there's a lot of space between Mandalorian and uh, Ahsoka because Mandalorian was like what March? Early Ahsoka March? is real. You know what makes Ahsoka really good? What? Ray Stevenson. R.I.P. It's fucking wild that I do. Dude, that. did you did you ever see War Journal? Uh, Pun- or, no, no, uh, Punisher, Punisher War Zone. Yeah, it's a fucking bonkers movie. But um, dude, he's so good in that. Do you, you remember the other guys? He's almost yeah, the yeah. best part of that movie. A dimples be- uh, above a woman's buttocks. Great features. <laughs> dude, we could do, we should do a movie, do an episode on fucking the other guys. Underrated movie. That Ken, movie is. You know funny what we should do next week is I'll take care of this. Uh, do a, a Ray Stevenson retrospective. Every idea you have is shit. <laughs> the look on your face. No, we could do that for sure. The thing I like about him, he's so big and imposing and so like just granite faced. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's just he's such a distinctive, you know when when he's acting in Ahsoka, like he, he it's so effortless for him. He just literally just has to like move you like should, it, yeah. Move like a uh uh you know, an eyelash or something, and it's like I got you. Have you seen his? Have you seen the movie the, uh, Kill the Irishman? Yes, he's good. At, I don't like his wig in that, but it's a good movie. He's fun in that movie. He's great in that movie, but that fucking wig. Val man. Kilmer before uh, his cancer stuff, like yeah, like one of his last performances. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Fucking love that. Movie. Way Shane underrated. Shane Black joint. Dude, way underrated. Robert Downey Jr., Val Kilmer, <laughs> Michelle Monaghan. Uh, who else is in that? Ton of people. Anyway, next topic. <laughs> Wait, like, do the. Uh, Get your ass to Mars. Okay, back to speaking of Ramy, I'm so, I'm I'm proud of myself. I held some restraint because I didn't use uh didn't use the drop for this one. God speak, Spider Man. Oh. But this topic, you know what we're gonna do, what? Tyler? What? With this topic, mm. we're gonna finish it. Finish it. All right, let's talk about uh street sharks. Let's do it. Yeah, we uh, do. We got to take a break and watch it. Yeah, we need to watch it. And we're gonna we're, we want you to stay there. We want you to. Um, For you, it won't be any time at all. But you should stick around. And we're back, everybody. Yeah. Talking about street sharks. Oh my god. Episode eight. Shark treatment. Shark treatment. Introducing the character Moby <sighs> Lick. Oh my god. Which is just fantastic. Oh no! It's um. It is, you know, here's what you need to do. Um, if you never lived in the 90s, just imagine everything that you think the 90s are, and that was what this commercial, or this, I used to, uh, did I say commercial? Because it was, for no, fucking toys. Toy I used to have. But this cartoon was that. I used did to you have, have one? Street Shark toys, dude. I fucking. 
I had all I had all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So when the, but when this originally aired, I wasn't old enough to watch the cartoons. <laughs> I got them from my brother. <laughs> Nice. So I just inherited it, and I've, so I've always had a fondness for it. So I, this is the first <laughs> time I've ever actually watched the cartoon. You want to know something? I can honestly tell you, it looks like shit. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever watched this cartoon. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's, <laughs> but you know what? I kind of <sighs> love it for it. So let's. The first thing I want to see is, um, I, you know, w- apparently all of them, their fins are capable of shredding concrete and they can, pavement. They can eat metal. Apparently, because because when they chase for some fucking reason, when they chase a criminal, they go under the street like it's water. And so their fins sticking up and they're just tearing up the roads. Honestly, whatever town they live in has got to look like the state of Iowa. I mean, just shitty roads everywhere. Construction. You know, I mean, Governor Reynolds sucks. Um, Stop being political. This is street sharks. All right. Um, But. Let's talk about the uh, the moment where they tell the two kids what's going on, and they go, oh, yeah, okay, that sounds good. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> okay, we're jumping in at a random episode. I, I thought about doing the j- the pilot, but the thing is, like, the first... Like, is it a, a two-parter? The, it's a three-parter. Oh, so a, fuck like off. A, well, because it was originally, like, a TV movie, and then they turned God. it into a series. <sighs> but it was no, it was 100% jumping on the rod. Uh, the rod. Tomatoes. I just saw that because I had Teenage that. Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah, Turtles. the TMNT wave. Oh, do you have that? What? The uh, oh, clip? I was, I was getting ready to pull that up. And well, then you called me out, you little whore. I'm not calling you out. They don't know. <laughs> I don't um, know why I went to whore. That was Yeah, good. right? Wow. All right, um, hold on. I'm going to pull it up. Okay. Here's just a snippet. This was a clip from uh, Robot Chicken talking yeah. about Street Sharks. Beans, and it's going to be a long way. You like hamburger and hot dogs. You need character alert. You need character alert. <laughs> It's hard not to think that when you're watching this and you're thinking of the time that this came out. The best part about that robot chase. So a long time ago, I don't know, I can't remember why, but you and I were hanging out at my old place uh, in in West Des Moines, and we ended up watching like we were just watching. We watched like four hours of Robot Chicken or something. It was ridiculous. And one of them that came up was this whole bit about the street sharks. And how they were totally different from the Ninja Turtles, but but the best part of that whole thing is, is like the Ninja Turtles are four fun-loving teenagers, da 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 da. But th- these four teenagers could take fun or leave it. <laughs> That's a unique take. Unique. Ta- what? A- so they're turtles that became teenagers, but these are teenagers oh, so who became sharks. Back in the day, believe this or not, one yeah. more thing to mm, uh, touch yeah. on with uh, Street Sharks. Back in the day, uh, there's a 1994 Toy Fair. Okay. For the Street Sharks. Yes. Hosted by Vin Diesel. Oh my god. With a little bit of hair. Here's that. Here's here's this. It's oh. about it's a minute and thirteen seconds. Oh, we gotta hear the whole thing. What are we looking at here? We're looking at Boomer. This is Boomer. He's got the biggest mouth of them all. He's the whale shark. Say hello to that, that round to, uh, mound of pound and his power slam. Very deadly. <laughs> he just smacks them. He loves to tenderize the competition before he eats him. Then we've got Sledge the Hammerhead. Sledge the Hammerhead loves to floor the competition with the flying headbutt. You got me? He's the leader of the Street Sharks. He's a great warrior. He's got the real real shark skin. And his special power is the right hand roundhouse punch. It's just incredible. Yeah, we don't need to do this anymore. Beautiful. 
beautiful. No, so terrible. It's crazy that there was so much behind this because it was absolutely um, a toy that was turned into a cartoon. Like they, that, they, that, it was pitched yes. as a toy. Well, the, the two best look hands down. I don't give a shit who you are. Hands down, the two best. 80s cartoons, G.I. Joe and Transformers. Hands fucking down. And I'm talking we're, we're leaving Saturday morning out of it because they weren't on Saturday morning. Just I'm talking cards, about Yeah, just, yeah. I know and what, what were they? They were half hour to- commercials for toys. Yeah. Right. This this show is 100% that. It's just another of, of, of another they thing. They introduced a new character named Moby Lick so yeah. they could introduce that toy. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Do we That's, want to talk about the thing about the '90s Office? Uh, well, yeah. One of the well, the guys who made this. Yeah. Was that what was going so on? So I was I was listening uh, in in preparation for this. I was listening to uh, some history on Street Sharks because uh, <laughs> there's this podcast called What a Cartoon. Yeah. And uh, they were going to the backstory of it, and they said that there was an interview where he explained like one of the co-creators uh, used used to gift the Moby Lick toy to the females in the office as like ah! a joke. Ha ha! Not, yeah, not cool. Kind of creepy. Actually creepy. Yeah, man. Mm. Like, it's different if you know the person and you, you're like, they're a friend of yours or something and it's like an inside, it's like a joke. But not at the office, man. That's, yeah, this is not cool. Not cool, man. I, I made the point that I work with um I work with one or two um two one or two of my like female coworkers. Like we you you've broached subjects to a point where you know you can talk about certain things with those people that you can't with everybody else. You know what I mean? They're they're your work buddies, right? Yeah. And I made the point earlier when we were talking about it, like there's a couple of them, maybe, that I could tell them about that story. I don't think I work with anybody who that would fly if I gave. No, you know I would, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like not at all. No. Yeah. But I could tell them that story. Especially and they'd be like, office. "That's fucked up." You Especially know. Especially in an office, it's like the nineties were a different time. Different yeah, they time. sucked. They sucked. Whoa. Case in point, this show. Our show. No, the oh street yeah, sharks. street sharks. Fucking. <laughs> we will say that there were some funny moments. Um, uh, unintentionally. Well. But the saxophone was on point, man. The theme Shit. song, man. Whew. I mean, I was having visions of L.A. Law. I'm going to pull it up. You should pull up the L.A. Law theme song. No, fuck L.A. Law. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh. The saxophone, dude. Street Sharks! They fight! They fight! That's what they say. They're Jocelyn. They stand up for left and right? Chewing up evil! Oh, evil. 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 I thought you said people. (laughs) Those people. I thought you said evil people. (laughs) People. Split the difference. Dude, shh. Listen to that. <laughs> Kenny G, you fucking doing street sharks. That's where we gotta start. Street sharks. Street sharks. Some, street some, farts. Some guy at this recording session who uh, who uh, specialized in uh, really terrible music. Uh, what? Somebody who was at that recording session who specializes in really shitty music was like, who's that? Who's that? 
curly-haired saxophone player there. Well, his name is Kenneth. Well, I don't know if I like Kenneth, but Kenny G. what's his last name? Gossamer? Kenneth Gossamer. Hey, what do you think about changing your name to Kenny G? I love it. Then I said, what do you think about having sex with him? We're going to make a million dollars. Kenny G spot. <laughs> Kenny G spot. So, uh, okay, so the whole plot of this episode. Um, by the way, Dr. Paradigm, who becomes Dr. Paranoid. Not a bad name. He's got a great disguise. I'm going to put a robe over this gigantic deep sea diving <laughs> outfit I have. I'm going to keep the actual deep sea diving outfit well, on. you got to keep the helmet on. Stay alive. At least, I guess. I don't know. Who cares? Maybe we should have watched the first episode. Uh, but so what makes me laugh about this? So clearly it's already a commercial, right? So we have Slobster yeah. slash, and I think Kilimari are the uh, are the villains. And the voice for Kilimari is just off. What? Such a calm voice for this He's such a killer, killer. Yeah, and he's just like, hey, guys. Stop, Stop fighting. Stop fighting, hey, friends. I'm going to kill those street sharks. Street it's like, sharks. Yeah. But yeah, so Kilimari. How are you going to kill him? By taking him out to dinner with him? This is fucking green, muscular squid. Uh, hey, guys, stop fighting. Stop it. Wow. Stop it. What is, this is, I want to look at the toy. The toy of this is nuts. But so, like, Dr. Uh, Paranoids, Paranoids master plan to defeat the sharks is to create yet another uh seviant uh, yes <laughs> by taking the very athletic jets taylor who he finds out was able to mind control yeah that kind of slipped through control. the plot until it was like why is he doing why is he running out under the flagpole oh yeah. he's being mind controlled i thought he was just a really polite kid <laughs> Sure, I'll get your pen outside. I'll go risk my life pole. on a flagpole. So yeah, so he's success, uh, su- su- successfully susceptible. Is what susceptible to, to mind uh, control. Yes, yeah, so that's like great. I'm gonna make another one of these fucking sevians. I'm gonna blend in with an orca, a killer whale, and he's apparently the most powerful of all. Yeah, so he merges, creates him, whatever, turns into it. Then he goes. Mm. You will be called Moby Lick. And his tongue comes out and stretches. And this is why the whole toy would be offensive in an office to a female coworker because yeah. he's just got a big tongue that sticks out yeah, you, on the toy. You press something and the tongue comes <sighs> out. Anyway, I don't think I had him, but I had definitely had like two or three of the street sharks. But um, there's four, but I didn't have all of them. I didn't have Big Slamu, that's for sure. Dang it. I know. What a fucking mist. Damn it! Anyway, where's the goddamn next? Where's the next flea market? Alex Jones. Damn it! I'll eat your ass. Oh, okay. I'll eat your ass. Anyway, forward. But uh, so so he we turns into Moby Lick, and then his tongue reaches out, and he fights these mannequins that look like the sharks and destroys them. Beast shit out of them. And then uh, Tyler was you. It's funny because I'd not thought about it. Until you pointed it out, because I'd seen pictures of it before this, and I kind of seen watched some of this episode before we watched it together. But you're like, "Oh yeah, it's clearly a Venom ripoff," because this was made in '94, so Venom had already been in the He's comics. Black and I, white. I'm pretty sure he was already on the cartoon at this point. Probably. Um, and yeah, so he's black and white, 
looks like Venom, got a long tongue, and then it gets to the transition where he licks across the, the street, the screen to take you to commercial, which is like. <laughs> well, the other transitions were a giant shark jock opening and closing. And then there was one final one, which was really stupid, which was all of a sudden we're looking up at the four sharks and they're going, shark time! And then they dissipate and we're in a new scene. It's like, what happened? And somehow they're in a simulation. (laughs) They're being mind controlled. Let's not even talk about the actual plot of the show because there was none. No, but there's there's things I wanted to touch on that were baby. Oh, when they tunneled through the mountain? Because I think sharks, I think tunneling. Before he even turns jet... Into Moby Lick. Before he, which, what a name. Before he does that, uh, he's talking to him. And, like, the music is so weird in this show. First of all, look, theme song, some people think it sucks. I love the sax. I'm a sucker for some sax, especially sexy sax. And they play the sexy sax a few times in the show where it doesn't work. Because there's one scene where Jet's sitting there, like, when he's, after he's been... Mind controlled and before he's or like Moby no Lake. before he before, he's before he starts mind controlling yeah, yeah yeah he's like talking to him and the music is sexy sax and I'm like what's up with this music <laughs> and you're just like he's gonna, I guess he's gonna fuck him he's gonna fuck him because <laughs> that's what it sounded like it sounded like they're about to have a romantic kiss by the way. We didn't know that there was any mind control involved no, when right. we said that joke, and then he was like, "Cause literally, he, I don't, I don't even remember how but the he music got sounds, him to, no, right. no, the joke is the music sounds erotic. Is is like it just no, such but it, a but, weird but it was choice. it was such a non point of the plot. And if you you think if that's a big part of the plot, why we're not being more introduced to it? Because I literally was like, why is he on the flagpole looking for something for the doctor? And then he's like, perfect. I controlled his mind. And I'm like, what? So like, I didn't get that at all until he said that. Yeah. And then he's hanging off the flagpole by that point. I'm like, so you're going to test out to see if this very, this person that you can only find one of because he's his DNA or whatever. Gene slam him. Yeah. That's what it's called, gene slam. Okay, but you're going to risk his life on a flagpole yeah. to see if it works. It's just... You could just be <laughs> like, hey, go pick up that book for me or something. So, I, it's so indicative know. of the time, right? It's, it's such so a stupid. 90s cartoon. So stupid. And the one dude's on rollerblades all the time. It's clearly... And that's the thing, too. And look, I enjoyed it because... I look the the animation sucks. The animation's not good, not good. Um, and there's, it's not a like really good cartoon. It's not, but it was enjoyable for me for twenty minutes because it's nineties bad, but because I could find something I enjoy out of it, and it's just how ridiculous it is. And but it's not a good cartoon. No, the the for whatever reason their direction was hey everybody do the same like. Radical voice. Oh, all the every sharks shark. are the same. Weird, oh man, weird. you know what we got to do next is weird. eat some pizza. We're TMNT, you know. They had them have distinct personalities and voices. And voices. These guys do not. Yeah. Um, I I couldn't tell who. I mean, the only real discernible one. I mean, okay, there's one orange right. one, one kind of. I'll pull up their names. One kind of teal one, one blue one, and then the hammerhead. The hammerhead's easy to tell apart. Jab, he, was, he wasn't even in the. Jab was the one who uh, was j- j- dive and dove down and tore up the the fucking road. What an idiot! 
But uh, Riptide is the great white shark. He's the leader. Like, he's the most popular one. So is he the first one, the blue one? The dark blue? Yeah, he's blue? the great white shark. Okay, and then who's the dude on the on his left? Or sorry, he's Ripster. That's J- oh, by the way, they're all brothers. So that's John Bolton, by the way, not the guy with the mustache. That's a warhawk, John Bolton. Oh yeah, that's secretary. Of, <laughs> secretary of defense. John I don't Bolton. need. I don't need to know but the no, name. Hold on. Ripster. The, Ripster is the great white. Jab yeah. is the hammerhead. Strex yeah. is the the tiger shark. Okay, the orange one then. I would no, guess. the tiger shark, the one with the stripes. Why don't they make the, the tiger one. shark the red, the blue, orange one? Big slam, big slamu is the orange one. That's stupid. You are stupid toy designers. Are you stupid? You're gonna make it real easy hey. for kids. No, it's a tiger shark. Make him orange. Tiger shark. Kids don't know shit. Tiger shark. Kids don't know shit. Hammerheads aren't fucking brown. Maybe you should educate them. If you're gonna do a goddamn. Great whites aren't blue. Tiger sharks hey, aren't. Fucker. If you're gonna make. <laughs> You you fucker. Hey, you fucker. Listen, you fuck. If you're going to make my fucking toys, you better... Think of the fucking comedy! All right. Wait, All okay. Right. We Okay, we got to get the... Uh, the uh, um, I, I need you to have the uh, basic instinct uh, made for TV prepared, okay? Sure. Why why did you screw up so bad on the uh, on the uh, street shark uh, designs? Well, because I was having sex with him. <laughs> Who's having sex? I don't know. <laughs> it just sounded cool. <laughs> Crack cocaine. Does that sound cool, Tyler? Just say no. All right. So we're talking about. Wait, wait, wait. get the, get the sounder again. I got I got a better one. What? Hey, maybe you should spend a little more time designing the street shark instead of. I'll eat your ass. No, <laughs> having sex with him. God damn it. <laughs> Get it ready again. Let's do it over. Okay. Maybe maybe the street oh sharks God, would look you? better if you spent a little more time designing them and a little less time. Having sex with him. Thank you. Is it worth it? <laughs> So, long box? <laughs> One more thing about the street sharks. You just won't let it go. I don't want to lose a thing. <laughs> don't want to lose my age. Do you want to fall asleep because I miss you, sharks. sharks. <laughs> and I do want to miss a thing. I don't want to miss one cartoon. Long. It's a long box. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 What do you want to do? You want to go you first? Go for, you go first. You want to go? I always you go wanna? first. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you are, uh, 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 uh. This week I want to talk about... Uh, I don't care. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is the episode... Hey, you know what? This is like the real world where people start getting real and stop being polite... Nice. nice. So, so this week uh, I want to talk about DMZ. Uh, it's a comic book series that uh, <laughs> oh. was published. I think the first one was 2005, 2006 mm. under the uh, Vertigo, uh, Vertigo, mm. DC imprint. So that's like their adult. Who are the creators? It's now Black Label. Who are the, the creators? Uh, Brian Wood and Ricardo Bercilli. I've uh, heard Brian of Wood it. Is, the writer. Ma- is there a show called DMZ? 
There is an HBO show. Okay. I have not seen it. Is it based on the comic? Yes, it's based on. Well, this. then I do know about it then. Yeah, because I heard about the DMZ show, which is based on the comic. Which I don't. It doesn't. I haven't read all of DMZ, but it doesn't seem like it's based on what I read. Like, it seems like they did something a little bit different or followed. It's based on a name only. Like, they bought the property. Yeah, again, I don't. I haven't seen it, but that's what the vibe has been. So Whatever. So, uh, the, the, what I want to talk about is the trade paperback, which, um, shout out to Comixology Unlimited. Sometimes they are... They are able to give you a full series. So, they have... But, Ooh. So, this is... I was going to try and see if it had the omnibus that didn't, but they have all 12 volumes that are available. I read the, f- I just read the first one. Like I fucking went through it and I always love it where, uh, cause I have comiXology unlimited. So I have a lot of different comics that I read, but sometimes there's one that just catches me where I'm like, I got to read this. Mm-hmm. You know, you talked about this with like saga or something like that. You know, like there's just a certain series that just clicks and you want to just read more and more. Oh yeah. Um, and that was this, like it kind of, because I had heard about this story before, or heard about this book before. It had popped up a few times when I, you know, go to the comic shop and stuff like that. And it, like, kind of caught my eye, but you know, just never did read it. Yeah. So yeah, this popped up on Comicsology Unlimited. I was like, shit, I'll give it a first. And I saw all the volumes were available, so I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, because you know, I'll be honest, I don't finish a lot of books, and uh, I get through like halfway through a lot of trades, and I just don't finish stuff. So I was like, I want to read this. Yeah. Uh, so the book is about the, a second American Civil War, and it takes place. Um, the DMZ is Manhattan Island, and the United States is New York. Yeah, and Jer- Jersey is the Free States, is what they call themselves. And the whole premise of the first volume is you follow um, this character named Maddie. Who is a photog, like a photojournalist, who gets the gig to be on this TV show that was going to be with a uh, like this war journalist? It's going to be like a reality show of them on the ground, and that's the name of the first volume is on the ground, and it follows the the camera operator, which is great because I want to say, and I don't know, I didn't look into this backstory, but. I feel like Brian Wood has like done something like this or knows somebody that has done this yeah. because it's so believable that this guy fucking got dropped into a really shitty situation completely unprepared because I've, you know, I've worked in media, you've worked in media, working in media. Shit go, you know, you don't think about there's sometimes where we just got to fucking pull something together in a short amount of time and have no training or have no idea what's going if on. You, and it, that's how this book starts. Okay. <laughs> if you, uh, if, if you, here's the thing about working in media and radio specifically, because Jake and I have had our lion's share of work in that particular media. But it's almost like if you're doing radio and nothing goes wrong, you're almost like, what happened? What, what happened? Yeah. Did we do something wrong? Um, yeah, I mean every, I, I did uh, I did one of the afternoon shows last week, and for a change, not one thing like went wrong. I hit everything when it was supposed to hit, all that stuff. But there's just little stupid stuff like, oh, I forgot to pot that up before I hit it, yeah. you know, all that shit. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, I mean it's but it's basic shit or the you know transmitter blows. But this situation, this guy didn't know what was happening. Okay, and he gets put on this show with this war journalist, and they get dropped into the fucking DMZ. And it's this book gets it, it starts at a ten and just 
like it just keeps going. Like it's such a and yeah, there's downtime and you there's world building and you and you meet characters and you understand the world and what they're doing. But there's also like it's still so intense. And it's it's such a like intense and this is why I feel like he's been in these situations or he knows someone that's been in the DMZ situation like this because it's so gritty and raw and real and grounded and so good. And yeah. it's such an interesting world. And it's kind of and again it's it's another situation where like I don't really read a lot of stuff outside of superhero books. And this is like one of those books that is just like a, a non superhero book that's really hooked me. Well, so what does your shirt mean? Oh, this is when they were they were in twenty twenty one. But don't why 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 is it Tampa Bay? Yeah, stop okay. derailing the show. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, it, it starts at a 10 and keeps that most of the book. And I, I, I haven't started volume two yet, but like the war, all this stuff happens as the helicopter gets into the DMZ, it gets fucking shot out of the sky. So pretty much everybody, but this photojournalist dies and he gets rescued by this woman named Z and she is, uh, She's like a nurse that works in the DMZ, and like this book doesn't shy away from the gnarly, nasty things of war. Like oh, yeah. you find out in another issue that um, there were people that also survived the attack on him in the helicopter, and they were kids, and they were dismembered, and it was fucking gnarly. And it's like shit. That is the things that they don't talk about when fucking these towns get bombed in war, and it's like it's not it's gross, but it's also done in such it's written in such a way that it's interesting and charming as well and like it goes from some really grimness and like really like there's a few times where i like legitimately on a cliffhanger was like oh shit and i immediately had to start the next issue i'm sorry i'm talking so much about this but no i, I, I just really like this book it's fine. um but i will wrap it up saying that like there's these he's with these guys that are called the ghosts okay and like they, ch- uh, this book also changes art styles sometimes. It reminded me of like Spider Verse, how it would change art style at certain parts of the That's story. That's on Disney, huh, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, it's uh, it was talking about these these guys that have this reputation of being like militia types and or, like crazy people that would you know kill people in the Central Park and stuff like that. Yeah. And he like talks to Maddie and he stops the like he's reco- hope you don't mind me recording and then he's like I do mind turns off the recording and he's like I want you, what you're doing like people are seeing what you're writing about his experiences throughout the book and like they're like we want you to get a story out like a PSA or like a commercial he's like I don't want to call it a commercial because we're not selling anything but he shows him this like this, this thing that they've done where they bi- they said they're underground but he's like, how can you be underground? He's like, no, we built on top of what was here. And they like, it was like, I think it was a zoo or something. It mm. was, there was something in Central Park, essentially. And they like had their own agriculture. They had, they kept animals, like they had livestock. They had animals alive that was like kind of in this protected little area. And they were like growing bamboo and like selling bamboo, like trading with people. Like they were actually doing good. It was perceived that they were like these like the impression you get is like these militia like redneck types but actually they're good people but then when you go along with them they see some raiders and they have to fight them and they kill them and maddie's like you said you're not bad people you're killing people and the book is like showing you like there's no good or bad in a fucking dmz situation people are desperate you know what what, uh um 
that lines blurred what really really is what uh makes me love the wire so much you would love dmz you would love this book. i'm sure i would i want i kind of want to get but uh, the cops are i mean you know it's the same thing the cops sometimes act worse than the criminals and vice versa i like this criminals so, act better than the cops yeah, i like this so much that i want to get a copy of it Oh, and it's really sad too because every time there's a, it's it, it is funny because it seems like any time you start to get attached to a character that Maddie likes, they get fucking they die because it's in a war zone. Isn't that where life is? Yeah, so I mean, it's like that's a DMZ. Laughing war time. One of these guys uh, gets killed or he's dying, and he goes, "I wanted to give you this because he was talking to him this whole time." And it's what's this? And he goes, "It's the key to my mom's house in the city." It's because he he goes, "Where are you sleeping tonight?" And he doesn't respond because they get shot at. And he asked him where he was sleeping because he wanted to give him a key to his mom's place just for shelter. He mm. goes, you, what you're doing is important and you need to stay alive. And, you know, and he goes, and by the way, we lied because they said, we're not the ghosts. And he goes, we lied. We are the ghosts. And they're like, this is what we're. And it's like a really sad, emotional thing. And it's like, it's such a good book. I can't mm. wait to read more of it. Um yeah, what what's on your uh, long box today? Uh, I uh, watch a lot of Roku channel because I don't really have subscriptions. I did bite on Thursday night and bought my Peacock subscription so I could watch, watch the, the game. football game. Yeah, um, watch the Chiefs lose to the Lions. That was a great game. You know what that is? That you know what that is? Huh. I'm ready. <laughs> um, no, it was a good game. Um. And then I, I I did get Disney and then uh, um, Paramount again because I wanted Paramount for CBS. Uh, I can't remember what for exactly, but I wanted to be able to watch CBS. NFL games. Probably, I think it was for a Minnesota Vikings preseason game. Anyway, so Roku is what I watch a lot because it's got a lot of the shows that I like that I watch over and over and over again. And it's also every once in a while they actually get some really good movies. And one of them they have is a favorite of mine. One of Steven Soderbergh's first movies uh, is Out of Sight. Steven Soderbergh is the guy who made all the Oceans movies. Yeah. Um, he, before that, he was actually uh, well known as an indie filmmaker. Um, has a lot of uh, work with uh, Clooney and uh, uh, those folks and whatnot. It's kind of you know they Brad Pitt and all those guys. Um, but most of his movies, uh, one of it, one of my favorite movies is called uh, The Limey, and it stars uh, Terrence Stamp, um, General Zod. He's older, but when he was in his twenties, he starred in a movie about a bank robber who has a kid, and they take those clips from that movie. In back in the nineties, this was something you didn't really do a lot, and it was kind of unheard of at the time. But his character in the movie in the 90s, he's get, he just get out of prison and he's coming to America because his daughter was was killed by this guy and he's going to get his revenge. And she used to always say, I'm going to call the cops every time he went to rob a bank. His daughter did. So it's kind of, you know, whatever. It, 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 it is a big deal. Anyway, that movie's great. One of the better movies I've ever seen ever. It's fucking amazing. Great. Out of sight is right up there. George Clooney, Ving Rhames, Jennifer Lopez, Michael Keaton, Dennis Farina, Don Cheadle. Fucking everybody is in this movie, dude. And it's based off an Elmore Leonard uh, novel. If you've ever read any Elmore Leonard, Jackie Brown by Quentin Tarantino is based off of one of his. Um, Get Shorty, that movie yeah. with uh, that's based off of Elmore. Elmore Be Leonard cool. movies are uh, Leonard 
Did I say movies? And Elmer Leonard movies <laughs> and books, sorry, books are really, really good. And um, there's hit or miss with the uh, with the with the movie adaptations, but this one is fantastic. Everybody in it is great. Uh, if you ever question yourself, like, hey, why was J Lo ever in movies? Go watch this. Not only is she amazing, but she's really great. Like her, she seals the show actually. Uh, from guys like Clooney and Keaton and Farina and all those guys, um, but it, it's uh, it's about George Clooney's a bank robber and he it's it's told you know it jumps around a lot like some like the best movies do like Pulp Fiction and all those it jumps around, but he's a bank robber and J Lo is this uh, 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 FBI agent named Karen Cisco. And Cisco was a show on TNT starring Carla Gugino for a couple seasons, and that was based off that character. But um, they run into each other during a prison break, and they kind of fall in love. And obviously, it's really stupid because she's in law enforcement. He's a escaped bank robber. So it's just yeah. how they get together and everything is fucking great. Um, and Don Cheadle is awesome. Everybody in this movie is great. If you are looking for a movie with stars that you like that you've never seen which is kind of hard to do sometimes if you love a star right you might want to love one of these stars you're like hey i've never seen this movie check it out because everybody in it is good so if you're a fan of somebody in this movie then there's a lot of people in this movie and the plot is great uh the acting is, is cinematography i mean just everything the fucking music is fantastic um David Holmes is the guy who generally does the soundtracks for Soderbergh, and he is the funkiest white man alive, dude. <laughs> Funky, dude. Um, but it takes place in Florida. It takes place in uh, Detroit. It takes place. It's it's fucking great. I highly recommend it to everybody. Um, I started watching it, and I realized I'm like, man, I fucking forgot how much I love this movie. It's so good. It just takes you from from the moment the moment where you see Clooney take his tie up at the beginning and throw it down on the ground and they freeze frame him like this and it's the ugliest george clooney ever looks from that moment you're like i'm hooked dude we're ready let's see this hook great line, hook line and sink it it's great and there's a special cameo appearance at the very 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 end of the movie ezra miller nope <laughs> not tell him i'll tell you off air No. Tell me the truth. I Why don't you tell me what a truth. kind of a dick you're dick? Tell me the truth. Why don't you truth. tell me who is in this movie? I had a great time watching Street Sharks. That's a lie. Fucking hated every Street bit life. of it. It sucked. It fucking blew chunks, and I can't believe I watched it. I won't. The 20 you, minutes back that I spent watching this stupid fucking thing. Scratch your butt crack. <laughs> what? Oh, baby, love chopping with Jake and Tyler. 